low. Most fools couldn't price me, silent stunt with a blunt full of PE. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Jordan. And this is Desmond. And welcome to episode 108 of Two Black Nerds. Yeah. That's right. It's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that love, y'all. And let's not forget to mention we have brand new merchandise that's available now at Two Black nerds.com go check out our nerds of the night collection inspired by the batman we got t-shirts crewnecks hoodie stickers mugs and tote bags so go ahead and place those orders right now on today's show we're diving into episode three of marvel studios moon knight as usual we'll have a spoiler filled discussion about the major moments and events that took place as well as what it all may mean for the second half of the series moving ahead but before we get to any and all of that we're kicking off this podcast with our general thoughts about everything we saw in this week's episode so in our last last recap from last week Mm -hmm. we both i think walked away from episode two liking it a little bit better than episode one we thought that there were definitely some improvements in the story in the pacing in the cgi and the effects and the fight choreography pretty much every element within that episode was was an improvement over the series premiere and so i know we were both really curious to see where this episode was going to go as well as what sort of development was going to occur with the main characters as a part of this show especially considering that now things were going to be taking place in Cairo, Egypt, we saw a big shift in terms of the plot and the setting and where we were with the characters. Um, yeah. So before we do get to our official spoilers and we do all of the deep dive and discuss discussion pieces about this week's episode, what did you generally think about what you saw out of uh, this week's episode of Moon Knight? Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, last week's episode, of course, was was generally well paced and the CGI was better. I think I, I this 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 week is fine. It's not it's it, I don't uh I, well, I don't dislike any episode, but maybe I don't like it as much as the second episode, but I also don't dislike it as much as the first episode. It fits right in between for me. Um, I think that there's a lot of uh, uh, still good stuff here that we're getting, but it's also, I don't know, just maybe in a weird spot um, of, of an episode that makes it, that has us kind of doing not necessarily silly things, but things I feel like we could progress, I think a little bit faster when it comes to the story. Um, also that the action was fine. I, I was hoping for a little bit more when it came to the action here, the hand to hand combat, or, you know, when we do, um, eventually see Moon Knight in this episode, it's not a spoiler, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it, it, it just um, I don't know. I just I think expected a little more again coming off the backs of that of that second episode. I thought we would move a little bit faster. We don't have a lot of time left. Only three episodes left now. Right. Um, so I just felt like some something else was to happen. Am I still OK with it? Absolutely. I think there's still good moments here in the episode. And and I think uh, our actors are still doing a, a fine job across the board. I do. I just think some story elements could have been maybe moved a little bit faster and placed differently to make that 50 minute runtime kind of feel a little bit just a little more worth it in terms of um um, what we got um but we got some some wild stuff here that i didn't expect to see in this episode which is interesting um which we'll talk about later and and overall man uh yeah just right in the middle for me if i had to rank them this would be right in the middle again between episode two and episode one for me Yeah, this week, I I feel somewhat similarly. There were some things that I really, really liked. There were some moments that had me completely hooked and invested into the story that they were telling. Mm -hmm. And then then I do have like a few problems and a few questions, which I think actually might be 
larger concerns with mm-hmm. the direction of the show and where it may potentially be heading over the remaining few episodes, mm-hmm. but that still remains to be seen. I did like the fact that there was a good amount of action in this episode, yeah. and it's continuing that theme of, you know, we're getting Moon Knight. Like, they're not really holding back in terms of, like, actually seeing that character on screen, so I do like that, although... Mm-hmm. I agree that some of the hand-to-hand combat could have been a little bit more of it, maybe could have been a little bit better. Can yeah. we like lean a bit more into that into that element of the show? Um, but there were some nice developments that happened, um, but some questionable decisions, some questionable pacing choices as well, because I found myself enjoying the first half of the episode mm-hmm. more than the second half. Yep, um, I felt like a lot of that momentum kind of kind of stalled out about halfway through, which was a little bit unfortunate. And where we were left by the end of it didn't feel as as important of a, of a cliffhanger mm-hmm. from week to week as, as I would have liked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it certainly could use some, some areas of improvement in, in terms of like some of the, the story choices and some of the character choices even. Um, but overall still fine. I think that uh, we're, we're seeing, cause it feels like we've been here before, man. If it, it, see, it seems like with these Disney plus Marvel shows that there has been sort of a consistent, about midway through sort of a consistent stall in the pace where we just sort of feel the brakes get put on everything. And I think we're kind of left confused because these are only six episode series. They tend to be only six episode series. And so we're often left wondering, well, okay, well, how are they going to wrap all of this stuff up that they've introduced with just three or two episodes or however Mm -hmm. many episodes are left? And so um, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I will say that I think in comparison to those other shows, I feel less, I feel like we're less overwhelmed with information than we have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Like I think some of the faults of those other shows, like a maybe a WandaVision or a Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there was so much that was presented and given to us that by the time we were nearing the end, I'm just like, there's no way that all of this is going to mm-hmm. get solved. I don't yeah. feel quite that way um, with this with this series because probably it's it's a new character, mm-hmm. you know. So there's not as much to there's not as much to untangle right. just yet. But there are some things that I am a little bit concerned about, but, you know, won't get into that into detail until we talk official spoilers. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. If yeah. you have not seen this week's episode of Moon Knight, um, this is your official spoiler warning. So definitely go check out the episode on Disney Plus and then come back and listen to the remainder of our conversation that we're going to have here because we're going to talk all the details. Um, the first thing that I want to start with, because this is kind of where the episode starts off with, um, we immediately see that Arthur, played by Ethan Hawke, and his followers have discovered the location of Amit's tomb, which is certainly been his motivation throughout this entire series and they're in cairo egypt again in this episode which is something that we knew was going to happen coming mm-hmm. into this week's episode and the first thing that i just want to kind of talk about actually before we get into the the story of it to, to be honest with you because i think it's important to to briefly just touch on this is the dedication and the time and the effort that was put into this depiction of Egypt and Cairo, Egypt in particular, um, mm. most 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 notably by the director Mohammed Diab, who is Marvel's first Arab director that they've ever hired, and the majority of the show was actually shot in Budapest. They could not actually film it in Egypt just because of permits and political things of that mm-hmm. nature that was sort of out of their control, but they actually did do quite a lot of work to actually make this location really resemble that, mm. that, that metropolis and that, and that, and that community of people. Um, and, and even beyond that, you know, Muhammad Diab is off, has also talked in the media just about the depictions of Arab people and Egyptian, you know, mm-hmm. sort of 
things and styles in previous media that he's been, you know, a little bit critical of. I just want to, you know, sort of briefly get your thoughts on just what that looks like for you and how that was portrayed. Because I do feel like it was different than what we're used to mm. seeing, especially coming from like, for me, from an American perspective, I've never been to Egypt. Right. And so I think typically we're often like, trained to to, to 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 see that country in a particular way but this this went up against that what did you think about everything you saw out of the out of the depiction of Cairo here yeah man it was absolutely more busy <laughs> I think than most depictions of in Egyptian anything um like you said in, in in media we rarely I think get any kind of city views on you know of, of anything in Egypt um and we finally got one here and I, I appreciated it because one again I just never imagined I don't know. In my mind, this episode, they'd be in the sand the whole time, you know, just because that's what we always get. We get the mummy and, you know, other Egyptian films and stuff. And here we end up in a cab at some point in a very busy traffic. And it was like cracking in the middle of the streets and stuff. And I did appreciate that, man. I think it was a very uh, insightful thing to do for Mohammed Diab. Um, Because now, you know, my views of Egypt are now changing already. Uh, Not that I had, of course, like the biggest view on it anyway. Again, we usually see nothing but sand in pyramids and things like that. But um, here we are with an actual city and an actual place. And I think uh, he did try to capture the, the beauty. And I think in a different way, I can tell that they uh, a little bit that, you know, they couldn't do everything they wanted to do and that it was uh, just a little descaled. Um, but I, I, I love the attempt because, again, that's all it took for me to change my mind about what it should and, and, and it's supposed to look like in Egypt. So now somebody says Egypt, I'm like, hmm. That's what that looks like now, you know, versus like, oh, that's what I thought it looked like. Um, so, yeah, now I, now I just think my, my expectations are more realistic. So, yeah, I appreciated it. Yeah, certainly. There's an interesting piece in The the Hollywood Reporter by Alex Ritman that I checked out to, to just sort of read about just the process of what they did. And mm-hmm. again, Mohamed Diab and his team, they really did put in a lot of work to, to really avoid the stereotypical depiction of Egypt. And um, he's often talked about how in again most like mainstream hollywood depictions of that of that country it's been very much geared towards what they would what they would call an, an orientalist look right mm, like depicting mm-hmm, depicting yeah. that country as somewhere that's exotic and mysterious rather than the noisy bustling metropolis mm-hmm. that it actually is right like the fact that they have normal streets and they have cabs and people are walking mm-hmm. all across the streets like it's not just this mysterious exotic location in the middle of nowhere where it's just like sand and pyramids like no actually the pyramids are kind of in the middle of the city as a matter of fact they might be right next to like i don't know a domino's or a pizza hut or something like it might just (laughs) be like right there you know and um i think that that was a really concerted effort on their part to show the city for what it is like this country and the citizens are you know they they traditionally have just not been depicted correctly you know and so i think in, in doing so and ducking some of those stereotypes that they've dealt with in the past has been has been a really good effort on their part, even though they couldn't actually shoot in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like the casting choices, like he's mentioned that 90 percent of the, 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 the Egyptian roles are actually played by Egyptian people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that's also something that's very intentional. And the locations and the costume choices and even the music choices, like yeah. he picked out who was going to do the music for the show. And you can hear so many music choices in the show. And I think you it reflects like a more modern taste because. Because even something that seems as small as music, it's it's kind of a big deal. Because I think, again, in past depictions, Mm -hmm. music has often been, it sounds a certain type of way. It sounds sounds like it's from the Middle Ages, almost. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really historical. It's like, 
they have modern artists. Like I'm sure that right. they have like modern <laughs> hip hop and soul and mm-hmm. all these different like versions of music. So like, why not infuse some of that style into the show, which is exactly what they're doing. So I just really, I, I really like all of that stuff. And I like that Marvel and Mohammed Diab and his team and everybody that's a part of this is just like making such an effort to, to bring it to life and to show people like, no, we're, we're, we're just like everybody else for the most <laughs> right. part. Like, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're in a different place. Yes. And there's sand and pyramids, which most people don't get to experience but that doesn't that doesn't separate us from just like sort of the normal everyday mm-hmm. doings of, of people across the world so that stuff is really cool but um to get into the actual episode and to talk about some of the the more specific so again arthur and his followers have found this location um of, of amit's tomb in cairo and the big sort of thing that happens in the first part of this episode is this meeting with the gods right Kanshu has decided to summon the gods in order to plead his case plead mark's case with them to to stop uh arthur from from actually actually mm-hmm. uncovering Ahmed from this tomb and we actually see the gods are summoned uh Kanchu basically creates like a like a like a solar eclipse almost he covers the city in darkness which right. you know which summons which summons all the all the gods and they have a meeting inside the great pyramid of Giza um which by the way had like some beautiful production design as well and mark enters into the great pyramid of Giza obviously he is the avatar for Kanchu speaking on his behalf and he meets the god um hathor i think the name is hathor Mm -hmm. who is um that the avatar for hathor is yatsil it's a it's a younger woman um and this is the goddess of music and love and this is sort of the person that mark is communicating with as he first enters the pyramid and then the rest of the gods appear we see horus isis tefnut osiris and of course hathor and they have sort of this trial or this council meeting to to really just like get to the bottom of what's going on here. Um, I found this part of the the episode really, really interesting just considering the scope has expanded in terms mm-hmm. of what we what we know about the MCU, what we know about gods and their existence in this universe. Right. I think we've seen a lot of stuff out of the Norse mythology within the Thor films, but that's often been relegated to scientific explanations i guess Mm -hmm. for lack of a better term thor in his first movie said like oh you know what you consider magic we consider science here this is not really science like this is actual (laughs) supernatural otherworldly you know deities that we're talking Mm -hmm. about here which we 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 suspected would be a part of this episode i don't know if i expected them to just like be out here like that having these council meetings and being present (laughs) within the series uh what what are your thoughts just on on the idea that like Egyptian gods are a thing in the MCU. This is real stuff that we're dealing with. At least that's what we we're, we're led to believe. I don't know if there's like a bigger mystery at play, <laughs> but we're led to believe in this episode that like Egyptian gods and goddesses are are real and mm-hmm. that they are, you know, active beings and they have avatars and they move about the world and they still make really crucial decisions about the stuff that happens within this within this community and all the different events that are occurring in the series yeah man the history of of just marvel as a comic book organization in general they've always played and teetered with those lines of what is um of of course any kind of gods that exist in the world and all kind of theologies and ideas and religions and and what does that look like in comic book form and so again you just talk about you just talked about all the the Norse gods you know what we got there the Thors and your Odins and your Lokis like that exists and uh, of course it existed at one point in the real pocket of the world a real civilization had those gods and they're like and and they decided to put those in a comic book and thor became one of the most popular things they've ever seen and they're they're literally just doing the same thing here um with conchu and moon knight uh, the egyptians really revered 
worshipped and, and acknowledged a lot of these gods in real life. And now they, they're they doing that same thing here where they're, they're recognizing these gods um, kind of in a, you know, uh, just again, in a comic book way. Um, and, and there was, you know, it makes sense because we, we, we just got Eternals, too, which is a whole nother set of gods, you know, and, and, and a lot of this is it, it's what makes comic books cool because now how do they exist in the world together how do you take them and have a conversation with those different kinds of people and gods of course so so far we haven't got too much crossing right that's why thor versus thanos is like what is this <laughs> what is happening here um and, and i'm sure at some point in time we will get moon knight and an eternal together or moon knight and thor in the same room and it's it, it's it's what it looks like for them to converse um especially in in such a, a a colorful way and colorful world um and one of the things i love is just uh here it's how they're able to explain why they didn't exist while while thanos is around right the guy egyptian gods were betrayed by the humans and they stopped worshiping them and so you know they took a step back and that's why they weren't involved you know they're like they know to do your thing because humans don't like us anyway. And so, you know, that's why it, that's why it just makes sense um, as to why that would happen. And I'm sure in the comics, they made several of those very same uh, uh, conclusions. Right. And in, in, in reasons why certain people don't interact at certain times. And so, um, yeah, I just love that they're here again. I think Egyptian guys are cool because they're the least talked about. We talk about Greek gods all the time in slash Roman. I add Romans kind of to the, to the Greek God conversation, but, but we, we talk about Norse gods a lot too. We see, we see it in popular culture right now. I mean, Norse, everything is coming out right, right now. I mean, God of war and the Northmen is coming out soon. Yeah. And literally the last Assassin's Creed is all Norse, everything. And, and you know, now it's like, man, but what about these cool ass Egyptian gods over here who we kind of talk about, but, also kind of don't you know the same way black panther bahamut or whatever his name is after black you know that's where black panther gets his god from a very egyptian mm -hmm. god and it's like dang why have we never really talked about that and so um yeah i just love seeing them here of course we still don't know a lot about them in depth um uh, we do hear names like horus <laughs> in, in 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 things um in this episode but yeah i just love that at least they have been introduced in this crazy idea that egyptian gods are real has been introduced as well um because we don't get that a lot we don't get to play with that idea a lot so i think it's cool um what they choose to do with it who knows it could go down the drain you know what i mean but the fact that the, the fact that they're trying i, I do appreciate it I blame Chris Hemsworth that there, there's so much Viking shit because he just came in and he, you know, he is Thor and he's yeah. such a he, he's such a great looking person. And he makes look he makes look, you know, the the look of a Norse guy just just so enviable. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I think that it's it's interesting to see that this is like a big a big element in the show now. And, you know, one of the big conversational pieces that was happening in this portion of the episode is the fact that like Kanchu is very much in in, in sort of like be one belief in terms of like what the roles of the gods should be and what responsibility responsibilities that they should have you know he's very much of the mindset that they they have a responsibility to use their avatars to help guide the humans you know as opposed to like what the rest of them think where it's like no we kind of just you know take a step back and we we, we allow them to move and operate how they mm -hmm. choose to. So there's a different ideology, um, a difference of opinion, of course. And Kanchu has, 
I think it's no secret, you know, even in the first two episodes, we can tell like he's very much an outcast and he he's been banished. And oh, yeah. by the end of this episode, he gets, you know, basically banished again. Um, he's he's a bit radical compared to the rest of them, even though, you know, there's very much allusions to the fact that they used to be close. You know, I think uh, right. Yatsula at one point said like, yeah, you know, you do you feel this way about like your old friends? Like they mm-hmm. actually used to be really close, but things have changed. And so I like that we get some of those hints that there's just been so much natural history that's been built up across, you know, all of these different gods that exist within this sort of Egyptian pantheon and mm-hmm. this cosmology, um, which is something, again, I think we were expecting. What I am curious to see was kind of what you were alluding to. And I feel like I go back to this point every time, like one of these new phase four projects come out, like the scope of the MCU has just expanded tremendously, yeah. just really within the span of, I think over the past, what, four movies and yeah. five or six TV shows, like they were doing stuff that just was not even like fathomable in mm-hmm. live action back in phase one or phase two. You know, we're talking about the TVA. We're talking about a whole mm-hmm. new corner mm-hmm. of the world that was that was introduced in Shang-Chi and there's yeah. dragons and you mentioned Eternals and, and, and you know, all of that stuff with Celestials, like this really big, yeah. grand, epic stuff. And now you add in Egyptian gods and deities into that equation making it a little bit more supernatural than what we're used to. I just wonder, and this was like what I was alluding to in the beginning, as far as like my concern, I just wonder if we might be stretching things a little bit too far at this point. Like, mm-hmm. yes, this stuff is in the comics and it, it has worked, you know, for, for numerous different runs and iterations yeah. of characters, but I don't know. You know, we did see sort of a backlash with Eternals, right? We did mm-hmm. see some mm-hmm. some pushback with that film, and a lot of people did not like the heavy exposition that existed within that film, especially between the relationships that, that existed between Celestials and Eternals and Deviants. Like, there was just so much that had to be dumped on us as an audience that if you're not into comic books, if you don't read that stuff, which is most of the audience, they don't partake in that, in that particular medium, it might just be a lot. Um, I, I wonder if this might be a different situation, because we are a little bit more used to Egyptian gods. Like, right. this comes from actual history, like Norse mm-hmm. or Greek or Roman. But I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. You know, I think, to your point, it kind of depends on how they play it out and how it all looks in the future. It might not really be that important. We might not get much more of it. I don't mm-hmm. know. But... Just the introduction of them just kind of makes me wonder, like, man, we started we started really from the bottom with Tony Stark. And it was it was about him, you know, having a, a, an identity crisis, fighting for the soul of his company. He's going up against, you know, just like other armored mm-hmm. suits. And now we're, we're literally talking about Horus and Isis and supernatural right. shit. It's a big, big leap. And I just wonder if if if, if the leaps are too big for the audience to mm. continue to really buy into this universe. And, and, and at some point, does it does it eventually kind of you know erode in and of itself and sort of like the bu- the, the the bubble pops at, at mm-hmm. a certain point where people are just like you know what that's just too far that's too much i can't i can't do that yeah i think it man part of it i think is pacing i think i do think they are expanding the scope very fast like you just said in the past four movies they have all just included like these above ground above the universe kind of ideas of what is happening in the world um in 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 part of me feels like okay are 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 we expanding small worlds anymore or is there a reason for expanding this big world on purpose is 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 this because i don't know you know dr strange and multiverse of madness is coming like or or is this like a we have to do this for a very specific reason but we just can't tell you what that reason is yet and that's mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's going to work out it's just really hard to tell man like i can imagine a world where shang chi comes out and you do get that world, and that world expands, 
in that a year has passed since then and then you introduce moon knight and now you have the egyptian gods and then a year passed but now it's been like a year and it's like no nah, you get eternal shang chi moon knight like <laughs> all these crazy things are happening at the same time and, and and i agree it is hard to keep you know put your head around especially i can imagine people are just now getting into the mcu what that is for them but you know but you know part of it is they have a hook now i think into the people mm -hmm. that have already existed it's like nope we got you now you're trapped there's nothing you can do because you're gonna go <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna come watch this anyway like you know oh, and and and, I, and and part of me thinks they are playing with that idea as well and it is scary territory so it, i just hope they know what they're doing i'm not saying they don't it is the mcu at the end of the day it is you know mostly good mostly things we love but as people who love it <laughs> we have to also be concerned for it at the very same time so we'll see how it plays out yeah yeah it's you know it's a situation where yeah, again, like we we both walked away at the end of Shang Chi, like great movie, but do we need dragons? Like <laughs> that that just happened, and yeah. now I'm looking ahead. You mentioned Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm like, I'm so excited for that, but is it actually going to still utilize the rules that we learned from Loki, mm -hmm. or is it going to create all new rules for the multiverse? Like, wh right. wh where does it all? It just it's a lot to really make sense of. I mean, mm -hmm. these are all obviously fantastical concepts, and and they don't necessarily exist, and they yeah. don't have like a grounded nature to them but i don't know it's a lot I, I continuously ponder that question every time we have a new project that comes out but we we have to just see we have to see what happens like you said everything still has like a little bit of time left in terms of how it all plays out and how it continues to tie into the story so we'll mm -hmm. just have to wait and see um the other piece of this of this week's episode of course like that we have to revisit is really mark himself and 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 the fact yeah. that you know last week we we sort of suspected that there was going to be a change in, in perspective, and that that's absolutely what happened within this episode. But a lot happened really with this character in this episode. Um, Mark Spector is really sort of in the driver's seat now. He is on the hunt for Arthur, um, and he is present again at this meeting with uh, with the gods and with Arthur and Kanchu, sort of making the case for why he should be stopped. Mm -hmm. um, but even before that, I wanted to you know back up a little bit because it, it kind of started off this week's episode. He's chasing down some followers of Arthur. To, mm -hmm. to get some information to figure out where he is and, 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 you know, where the location of this tomb is. And in doing so, in fighting these different followers, there's like this big rooftop chase sequence. There's a, 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 a chase sequence on the streets of Cairo. He's starting to lose and have lapses in his memory. And, and he thinks that Steven is responsible for it. Mm -hmm. But then Steven is having those moments where he's like, no, that's not me. Like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So they're both confused now, which is, you know, this is a new element. Initially, it was just Steven sort of in the backseat being confused, not really understanding what was happening before him. Now, Mark is also experiencing these same lapses in memory. And so this obviously raises the 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 thing that I think we've sort of been suspecting and you hinted at it previously as well that that there's another identity you know to, yep. to exist within this character and it's probably going to be the Jake Lockley character um what which is going to be interesting because from what I have read like this might be a different which is also probably similar to like Mark and Steven as mm -hmm. well but this might be a little bit of a different interpretation of the Jake Lockley character in live action compared to what he's been in the comics because whoever this third identity is, whether it's Jake or somebody else that they're creating, very violent, very vicious, like very <laughs> ruthless. Yeah. I mean, Mark definitely has his moments where he can just, you know, go above and beyond and he'll do what he needs to do in, in mm -hmm. order to get the information he has to. But this guy, this other identity is just like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's going <laughs> to kill and do whatever 
it takes to to I guess you know plow through anybody that's in his path. Um, but could it be Jake? Or, or, or I mean, just based off of what we've seen, is mm-hmm. it possible that it might even be another identity? Because uh, it's also important to note that they have still yet to address the fact that he has dissociative identity disorder. Like mm. we just know that based off of right. the premise of the show and the comics, but they've act, they've not actually addressed it like mm-hmm. verbatim in the show. Yeah, I think they'll tell him. You know, whenever we do what we got from the trailers, when we do see him in that in that white outfit and some kind of, you know, um, therapy house session, um, whatever you want to call it, I think they will address it and be like, yes, you have this thing called a dissociative, you know, multi personality disorder, whatever they they go with. Um, but I definitely think it's Jake Lockley. I have theories, um, of course. One, this episode we get him in the back of a cab. Oh man, that sounds very reminiscent of. Jake Lockley, the cab driver. Um, but also, every time this dude wears a hat, bro, I just I'm just like, where did this hat come from, Mark? Don't be wearing them hats. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, I don't know. It, it's, and Steven don't be wearing them hats, so it really feels like when he has his hat on, I'm like, hmm. I do think we've seen him before when he looked in the camera, episode one. Um, when he looks in the camera while he's in the museum. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. very vi- violent look, and we know now that whoever this third person is, if it is Jake. That he's very violent, like you said. I mean, the the time lapse in memory happens, and everyone's bloody and dead. And it's <laughs> and we we hardly see blood in this show, right? As we see with yeah. the the Mark Specter moments. Um, yeah, even when he is fighting these dudes, there is no blood. But Jake, that boy's bringing the blood every time, clearly. Or again, this third person who we don't know who it is. So I definitely uh, think Jake's popping up. Um, I also think that could be a reason why he can't control the two other personalities as much as he could you know um he gets asked by uh by by um i keep wanting to call it, say may callumway oh layla <laughs> layla <laughs> I, uh, he gets asked by layla why you know what's happening and he's he's like it, it's a little bit more you know not as under control as it was at once what's because jake is emerging like of course him and steven are like okay what the hell's going on here if it ain't you and it ain't me then who the hell is it there is somewhere deep down in the comics that also says that jake was able to keep secrets from from steven in in, in uh in mark and that like imagine something some other things have happened <laughs> you know and and jake um is is doing these things and and so i definitely think you know of course oh we we know what's going to emerge we just don't know who it is but it pointing to jake again between the hat and the little cab thing we get there um it's definitely pointing there so um yeah all interesting stuff man yeah certainly a more sinister you know sort of individual that lies beneath all of that I, i do think it points to jake and they probably make some tweaks to the characteristics and you know what they're trying to achieve with him in particular but uh like you mentioned those easter eggs that they sort of alluded to those little things that they threw in there kind of points to that character um there was also like a lot of i think or at least more trust established between mark and steven probably because Mm -hmm. they are experiencing that at the same time like the fact that they both are now kind of working together and then there's this third identity that they haven't really identified yet so they have a they have a common ground Mm. now and this this episode one of the things that i did like is the fact that it sort of eased my concerns because i was very much hoping that we wouldn't revert back to the same trope of Mm -hmm. steven being confused and bewildered and just like 
having a bunch of anxiety about what's happening. He actually took a little bit of control in this episode. Um, sometimes got a little bit of ahead of himself, but I like the trust that they established between these two, like that they're sort they're starting to work together. Mm-hmm. And Mark can now identify with the help of Layla, he can identify the strengths that Steven has that he does not have. You know, mm-hmm. we saw at the end of the episode True. he started to put together those constellations to mm-hmm. to try to figure out the coordinates to find Ahmed's tomb. And Steven's just like, that's that's his bag. That's what he's really good at. And so he let him take the, you know, the driver's seat in that in that scenario or even in the fight you know that they had um when they were going up against anton's you know sort of security um as they were looking for that sarcophagus you know moon knight is fighting in that portion but then we do see mr knight emerge i thought that it was hilarious that (laughs) as soon as he got impaled he's like oh never mind let me go ahead and back out mark you got it you know so he he has to realize like yeah you're not the fighter of the group um i'm sure like Mark and Kanchu just have to be like sitting in the backseat like, what is he doing? Like, why, why did he think that he, why now? Why did he think that this was the time to show mm-hmm. up? Um, but good stuff. You know, I thought that they, that they play with that. I, I want to see more of that. Cause I, yeah. I think going back to the, um, the Egyptian God conversation, I, a part of this episode sort of took away a little bit of the focus from Mark. And I, I hope that that does not continue to be the case in mm. the remainder of the series. Like there mm-hmm. was a lot that happened with him, but because this cosmology is expanding so rapidly and so many new characters are getting introduced all the time, I don't want Mark to be a, a you know, sort of a backseat spectator mm-hmm. or Steven, you know, whoever you want to call them. I don't want them to be a back backseat spectators to the story. Like I really wanted to, to maintain the fact that this is like supposed to be a character study, you know, yeah. and I think that they will. I, I hope that they will. Cause they talked about the fight club inspiration and stuff. And like you said, we still have to see like this whole psychiatric evaluation mm-hmm. piece of it and, and really identify the DID for what it is. I just hope that we get enough of that and that we don't lose focus on Mark throughout the rest of the series. So that's kind of just like something else I'm like keeping my eye on, but mm-hmm. be that as it may from what we saw this week, I just love that sort of like teamwork and play that they had amongst each other. Um, and I think that that stuff works really well together. Cause Oscar Isaac in that performance is just, he's killing it all the time. Just how he seamlessly switches back and forth, you know, between these voices and the ca- characteristics and the mannerisms. He's just really killing it with his performance. Yeah, he really is man. I, in fact, I, I began to think about, you know, how we were talking about his accent. And what if, because, again, in my mind, knowing the comics, Mark is, quote, unquote, the original one, right? He's the one that was born. He makes, again, he's he's little. He makes he makes up Steven as his uh, was imaginary friend when he was smaller. Now it becomes a personality. But what if just, he's never been good at making that accent. So now that we have Steven... Of course the accent's not going to be good because one he's not british at his core you know um and, and, and two he made him up <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's like dang maybe that's why he's not good with this accent i'm not sure that could be all wrong and really oscar isaac is trying giving his best with this accent but part of me also was like this could very much be bad on purpose and that's a sure. good idea um yeah. and and that would save not, not necessarily save not like it's not terrible don't get me wrong it's just sometimes it could be like oh did you mean to say that like that or you know what i mean um so yeah i, I think that's an interesting thing too um but i i agree man i think as long as they they focus like you said on this character that's the most it's the coolest part of all this to me is like this whole person it's a superhero navigating himself in the world that he has now become a part of and both things need attention. 
in the in in and I think uh, as long as that 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 latter half, right, that t- attention to the world that he is now a part of doesn't get overshadowed by himself, by the things he has going on, I think we'll be fine, man. Because that again, it's, it's so interesting. This dude has multiple personalities, but he's a superhero too. And sometimes they can switch in the middle of battle. It's like I don't know. We don't get to see something like that too often. So it's like yes, focus on that, do that, and then there's a love interest. Who is now also trying to navigate <laughs> these two? I don't know, cause cause that's weird for her too, right? But it's 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 also interesting. It's like, man, do I love Mark or do I love uh, uh, Stephen? She's mm-hmm. she's probably just as confused as he is now. She's like, what the heck is going on here? But it's something she also has to navigate. So I think again, these characters can can be really interesting. We just gotta stay focused, like you said. So um, yeah, look looking forward to what they decide to do, man. These next couple episodes. Yeah, um, I think in continuing with the theme of trust, one of the things that I, I did want to also bring up back back to the, the the meeting with the gods and, you know, that 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 whole sequence where Mark has to just like give himself over to Khonshu to speak on his behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was a new level of trust that was established between those two, even though I was kind of frustrated watching that whole sequence because, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a missed opportunity like. I don't know why they just didn't call out the actual stuff that Arthur has been doing, like just the the horrendous crimes that he's been committing and and like really making the case like this guy is pretty bad, y'all. And it it was it was only further proven because like Arthur walks in there and he uses he uses Mark's and Steven's condition is like a weapon. Mm-hmm. He uses the dissociative identity disorder as a weapon against him to say right. like, yeah, this guy's unwell. He's not in his right mind. You know, he constantly thinks he's somebody else and he's, he's losing his memory. And it's like, Whoa, this, this is an asshole. Like mm-hmm. he just used that stuff so easily and so casually so that he didn't get any sort of, you know, consequences from the gods. And so I, I wanted them to like make that case better and, and just like say this and say that, like actually, tell them what's happening here but Kanchu, i don't know maybe maybe he was just so he was just a little bit of ahead of himself and he didn't really think about mm-hmm. everything that was at play cuz you know this was probably also the first time that he was around the gods in a long time yeah. i don't know but that was that was a certain thing but also like with this trust idea like i think that leads to the other you know sort of big piece of this this episode is you know back to layla who had some more important developments here in fact the the episode actually starts with her that that's the first person that mm-hmm. we see here she's getting a a passport that's created for her to return to Egypt. She's not been to Egypt in 10 years. And we find out a little bit more about her character. And we find out that her dad was actually an archeologist and she, you know, she got a lot of her traits from him and he ended up dying on an archeological dig at one point. And she was present, I believe, but she doesn't really have much more information than that. And she's returning to Egypt for the first time in 10 years and then we do find out a little bit later in the episode that her father was murdered. He, it wasn't mm-hmm. just like an accident. Like he was actually killed. This is revealed by Arthur. And there's also this other sequence that happens where she's talking to Mark and she's talking about trust and how she doesn't really know him. He's not telling everything. You know, he's not giving up all the information. And she's like, you know, every time I feel like we've had big conversations and I learned something new about you, I think that that's going to be it. That's going to mm. be the last like new information that I learned. And then something else happens. And it's like, I never knew you to begin with. Mm. And he just flats out says it like, yeah, you don't know me. You don't know who I am. You have mm. no idea. Um, very, very like hard words, I think for her to hear. So yeah. that, that, that trust is also sort of, dissolved between these two but mm-hmm. you know i'm interested to see like what they do with with her character because now this this information about her father 
and just her backstory in general has to be huge. And and Mark clearly knows something mm-hmm. that he's now revealed to her because Arthur again is using information as a weapon, you know, to create distrust and confusion amongst our our main heroes. And Mark is even like visually upset when he does that. He calls him an ass or he calls him a piece of shit, actually. And so Mark knows something. I'm wondering what exactly it is. Like a part of me thought like, well, is Mark like somewhat responsible for the death of her father? Mm-hmm. Or is this event that happened with her father? Is the murder of her father also related to Kanchu finding mm-hmm. Mark, you know, and actually yeah. like taking over his body as the avatar? Because I know that there's there's a little bit of precedent in the comics with the character of Layla, but she's been named as a different person. Like they've, Mm-hmm. Sort of like with some other characters we've seen in these series, um, like Sylvie, for example, in Loki. Right. They've done like an amalgamation of multiple characters to create somebody new, but they're taking like different pieces of information from the comics to like give them these storylines. But we still have to see what that looks like. Any thoughts or any ideas on what that could be or just, you know, even beyond that, just generally about what they did with Layla this week? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I think it does have to do with the incident that, you know, connects Mark with Kanchu in the first place. Um, I think maybe her dad was part of that uh, uh, entourage of people who were, you know, walking around and discovering, um, you know, certain parts of of whatever they wherever they were, whatever they were trying to discover the parts of Egypt. Um, And and I think he knows how it all went down. And maybe I think he's afraid to say something because maybe he wasn't supposed to be in a certain spot or he accidentally kills him or something mm-hmm. or and, and and he and Arthur I don't know just has that information ready to unload at some point if he needs to um and he he Arthur is very of course meticulous and, and, and calculated so he didn't give it away completely he's like dissolve them by way of distrust like you're saying right now like there's yeah. he, he's trying to make them not trust each other in the best way possible the same way he's like bro this dude Kanshu is crazy like he's doing the, the exact same thing, um, which is, is, is another interesting thing, because if, if you remember, it was like episode one. He had like a, a poster of all the gods of the Ennead. It was only like seven gods in there. Mark er, and Stephen's like, there should be nine. And I think the two missing are literally Amit and Kanchu. Um, yeah. But it, and, and so I think the gods were already like a little bit against them anyway with, of, of Kanchu coming in. They already was like, this dude probably needs to go anyway. So, you know, Arthur saying all the things he's saying is just adding fire to the flame um, of, of what's going on. And I think, again, he's trying to do that very same thing with Layla. I think he, he I think he's licked into Layla so fast and he knows so much about Layla already, even though, you know, he probably like barely knew her like a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and now he is using that information to kind of get them apart because I think he understands the power of Layla, but also the power that Layla's dad used to have, whatever that was. It's clear that if, 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 if Layla's dad was part of the excursion, which again, this amount of discoverers and, in, in, artisans and historians died in, then her dad was probably very big influence on her life because she loves all that stuff. And so right. I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining, you know, there, there's something else about her dad too that she doesn't know, and maybe that's the plot twist. Maybe her dad isn't good <laughs> at all, and 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 that's why Mark doesn't want to tell her. Maybe that's the real thing that's going on. Maybe Mark's dad used to be a big bad, and he was trying to find Amit's tomb before, um, you know, Arthur was trying to find Amit's tomb. That could very well be the case. In in that 
Layla's dad was the one working for Ahmed before Arthur even got a you know any kind of piece over, and and, and it kind of works like that. So yeah, it could be a tons of things, but those are kind of my ideas um, of what could be going on. Yeah, no, I think you're 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 onto it for sure. There has to be some connective tissue between Mark Kanchu, Layla, because mm-hmm. also Kanchu has already identified Layla as the potential successor to Mark as his avatar. Right. If 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 it gets there. Well, why? Why is that the case? Why have you already been able to identify that this person is, you know, strong enough, capable enough to be that? You know, and I, th- I think we've seen it like displayed on screen. But what makes you know that, Kanchu, that you're willing to like have her be your avatar? Mm-hmm. And I do think that it has something to do with the moment that Kanchu discovered Mark's body and took it over to make it as his avatar. Maybe Mark was sacrificing himself to save her father. Mm-hmm. This might be a stretch. I don't know if it actually went down this way but i'll just toss it out there like potentially again there's this third identity there's you mm. know, maybe jake lockley this more sinister character maybe that that person's responsible for the death of her Ooh, father you know and that might have been a part of it and that that that's really that's bad shit you know that would be really really tough and mark hasn't been able to tell that and reveal that but probably not just because he mm-hmm. uh, this seems like the first time that this third identity has popped out at yeah. least that's how they're acting but they might just not remember you know that's mm-hmm. also a big piece they just might not remember um so i don't know i don't know exactly what it'll be but i do think that it, it, it's all leading to something a big reveal that's gonna probably tear them apart like mark mm-hmm. is obviously holding back some information that he does not want her to know that he knows is probably just gonna damage yeah the little the little relationship that they have left because he's already done so much to separate himself from her um the last like big thing that i wanted to talk about though is the appearance the appearance of a of an actor um in mm-hmm. this episode it was a new character introduced um the name of the character is anton mogart this is this is the person that um layla and mark go to visit because he has the sarcophagus in his presence he actually takes a lot of really expensive artifacts he uh he he, he buys them and he's in possession of a lot of this stuff and they believe that finding the sarcophagus can help them get the information that they need in order to find um its tomb and so um this actor or this character is played by gaspar uliel and mm-hmm. uh unfortunately earlier this year gaspar uliel actually passed away in a um in a fatal skiing accident and so he's coming into this episode i'm not sure if we're going to see him again in the rest of the series or mm-hmm. if they even had bigger plans for him but they did pay tribute to him at the end of the episode um sort of in remembrance of him um but this is also a character called the midnight man in the comics and midnight man is a thief and he would dress up in all black costumes and he would steal these famous mm-hmm. artifacts and works of of of, of really well-known art and jewels he would go around you go around to different museums and mansions and just take all of this stuff and the reason he was called midnight man is because he would typically make his robberies at the stroke of midnight um hence the name so uh, you know just wanted to just sort of like call him out in this episode because again i don't know if he'll come back up in the series maybe he will or if marvel even had bigger plans for him um and i don't know if they'll go on the recasting route or if they mm-hmm. just might let him be in this series and, and just kind of end it there but um a little tragic to know you know that he passed away obviously that's like a really sad thing because yeah. this character seems like it also had like big potential to to, to be a, a major player here if they if they did and make have some intentions to to make him more important but that was also like the central sort of action set piece in the episode as well because mm-hmm. we did get the moon knight costume and we saw mr knight pop up again and he's fighting like all of his all of his security and things of that nature um and, and that whole sequence was was fine i did want more out of it but uh 
I thought that you know Gaspard is this character. He was uh, he was an interesting introduction that I, I'm I'm hoping to at least see some more out of in the remainder of the series if they have other stuff that they shot. Yeah, I did have a good feeling that Midnight Man was going to make an appearance. Just the way he kind of disappeared into the fog, you know, um, it, it did feel like he was going to pop up at some point in time. Especially huge Easter egg, right? Where they they're talking about he he might have been dealing um, or doing things in Madripoor, which we get again from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, we know, you know, Miss Carter <laughs> is 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 in there being the power broker, and they could they could have been connected um, mm-hmm. in some way. So I really did think they would revisit that. I don't know, like you said, the route they go down if they just leave it alone, which they could possibly, you know, easily do. Marvel has tons of characters, um, but they could also recast. Uh, you, you know, it is unfortunate that he died, um, but it's, it is also very early, you know, and, and and they could very well find somebody else to play that role. Um, but it's just crazy sad to hear about, you know, it's, 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 it's really wild to be watching something you haven't seen before um and you know the person has passed it's like dang this dude isn't with us anymore um so it's sad but again everyone had nothing but good things to say about him um yeah yeah and so i again just appreciate him for for even being here in the first place but like you said i think he he definitely had uh potential to to be again midnight man but again even more with with the connections that they made in the episode Absolutely. And uh, sort of like the last moments of this episode, we see that Stephen, now that he's, you know, sort of back in control of the body, he's able to assemble some fragments um, from that sarcophagus, from that event of like them going to steal that that stuff from the sarcophagus. Um, and he makes like this ancient star map. And the, the, the problem is, is that it's actually 2000 years out of date. And then enter Khonshu, and he uses his powers to actually turn back the night sky um, to, to resemble the map and give them the, the location and the coordinates that they need to go find Amit's tomb. Um, thought that that was a really, really cool sequence, mm-hmm. you know, to see the sky just like revolve around like that really, really fast, just showcasing like the the, the immense power that Khonshu and also, you know, these other gods wield and, and they can just like utilize it whenever they whenever they need to. And twice now in this episode, Khonshu is doing a lot of shit that's catching the attention of a lot of people because as, as that sequence was <laughs> happening, I'm wondering, I'm like, so is nobody else seeing this? Like, is this something that people can see? And then we we explicitly see, like, they go back to the city of Cairo and you see people, like, watching this shit happen. And I, I was just thinking, like, yo, if you live in this universe, if you live in the MCU, <laughs> the amount of shit that you've seen, man, I like, it was also crazy at the end of Eternals when... Mm-hmm the celestial uh just pops up what, what was his name um that celestial that pop- i can't remember but he pops up at the end and he just takes away the internals for judgment and t or not t but that's the one that they, t- they tried to resurrect but he just pops up and like people in london see him in the in the sky and it's just like this is fucking freaky um i think that that just kind of speaks to the stuff i'm talking about again like the folks in the MCU, like the civilians that exist in this world, I think we probably need like a side project <laughs> just for them, just to just to unpack the the amount no, of really trauma. Though. Like we got the Battle of New York, the blip, people disappear for five years. You got celestials popping up in the sky. You got the 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 moon and the stars rotating at you know thousands of miles per hour. Like they just they've been witnesses to so many things, and I just really hope that they're okay because they. It, it, they cannot be okay with the amount of shit that they've dealt with. They just can't. Yeah, you were talking about uh, Airsham is his name. Airsham, um, yeah, he pops I, up. I, in, I, bro, I agree. He's the the Eternals. Yeah, we should get Karan from the Eternals. We should get him to like just walk around with a camera and like interview people in the MCU um, because he's already hilarious, man. Um, like, how are you handling this right now? Like, you just saw this and you just saw that. Like, how are you dealing with this stuff right now? No, they they have a ton. Go the blip by itself is like. 
again it's, it's like covid right like it's going to affect them for a very extended period of time uh, <laughs> of their lives like this isn't this isn't a normal thing that has happened to them so i i agree man it, it was crazy to see like you're just doing this in front of everybody like Kanshu, like maybe that's why the other guys don't mess with Kanshu. maybe he's too flashy like <laughs> like bro you couldn't like i don't know shroud something i don't know i just like, like try to be somewhat discreet <laughs> at all please like just spare spare humans having to deal with this shit on a daily basis you because you just got this power you want to use yeah I, but I, I i did love that sequence though because we always talk about the night part never the moon part like this freaking moon night it's not because mm-hmm. he's out here at nighttime even though We'll probably only see the suits at nighttime. Like, that's what makes him cool. But also, like, he has to deal with the stars and the moon and space. And, like, that's that's what he does. That's the that's what makes Kanchu, again, and, and Moon Knight so cool. So it, it, I was really happy um, to see that they finally did something with it. I do hope we see more just because I do love space and stuff like that. The fact that, you know, just space in Egypt put together in a TV show sounds like a very Desmond show for me. Um, so it was like, turn that shit up. Um, I want to see more of that. Uh, but yeah, they the all these people have to be traumatized. Now Egypt is like, what the hell is going? I can't even imagine if like one day apocalypse finally happens because that'll probably be Egypt related. Of and course. like it's like they everybody's going through it in the world, man. Um, and and like even outside of Airshim, you have a like a freaking golden. Uh, uh, celestial sitting in the middle of nowhere of the world right now. Which oh, that's right. We haven't yeah. even talked about that. Like, it's like, is this on the news? Is this now a tour site? Are people going to go see that? Like, you have all the 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 tombs of the people who got blipped at one point. What did they do to all those tombs? A lot of those people came back. I don't know. There's so many questions, man, and a lot of a lot of therapy needed by the people of the MCU. Like you said, I I, I think Karan. It would be really tight to make like a Karan MCU show, and it was like <laughs> little snippets of like. So how do you feel about I don't know this 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 the sky's moving in front of you. And then right. the mic goes up to them, and they, <laughs> yeah, it, it it'll be great. But yeah, it's crazy this stuff. Is- this is what I'm saying, man. It's like, yeah, there's still humans at play here. Like, yes, this is a world of superpower beings and heroes exist, villains exist, deities, gods, celestials, eternals, dragons, multiverses. Like, there's so many things at play, but like, okay, there's still a human element here. So, like, I, I don't know, man. It's a lot going on and it, it, it's exploded so much in these past few these past few movies and TV series, but we'll have to see. We'll have to see what it all means. But because of because of Conchu's flashiness and his just you know his just ability to you know make the decision whenever he wants to to do something like this, they do eventually imprison him. Uh, the other guys they imprison him and um, they turn him into stone, and that leaves Steve's and, and Mark's body sort of unconscious and, and powerless by the end of this episode. So we'll have to see what it all means, and we'll have to see how they're able to like continue on to prevent arthur from from reaching the tomb of amen and prevent this this massive genocide that will likely take place um so there's still a lot to look forward to we are halfway through this series and we only have three episodes left so we're approaching approaching the finale really soon here just quickly any any sort of like thoughts or expectations out of what we might see next week i know we've touched on a lot of it between the gods and jake lockley and obviously like the the relationship mm-hmm. between mark and steven but any other just like last minute things that, that that you hope to see or think we might see in the in the next three episodes yeah man i'm not sure um every episode really is a surprise with this show uh because it is like you said the scope is so big and there's so much that they can do with it um but i i i, I am hoping again just to see just a little bit more better at just a little better action i think in that next episode Even, again I, I didn't hate the action i still liked and appreciated what was happening on screen still have fun but i just need a little bit more tighten it up a little bit make it a little crazier 
um you know maybe turn up cinematography a little bit take your time with some stuff um and and, and i think it'll it'll unfold nicely man I'm, I'm hoping i'm hoping these first three episodes were just a good foundation now we have all the the, the cross nets that we need to have we have everything out on the table now it's time to start again some 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 shit to hit the fan and some some things to start transpiring um you know and and, and kind of wrapping up we probably got max three hours left of this tv show let's use all three hours wisely um of of of, to, of what's to happen um so yeah man that's, that's all i really got again just very hopeful I just want to see more people get stabbed. There was a lot of stabbings in this episode. There was there was there was a ton of blades to skin. Like I was hearing a lot of flesh getting getting cut up in this episode. And even even Mark got impaled at one point, which you know he only he's only able to survive that because Conchu's quote unquote protective armor. I don't that that's I mean that's elite level armor. Like elite. he literally he literally had a a big wooden chunk go through his chest and he was good. Like nothing happened. Um, but yeah, I mean they they play with the violence in this in the series yeah. like you said it's not been that much blood but we did see more blood but the 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 insinuations mm-hmm. of the violence is actually like yeah people are catching stuff to the chest and they're getting <laughs> impaled and cut up and stuff just give me more of that and i'll be good right. um but we'll have to see what all happens within the next three episodes we are halfway through and with that said ladies and gentlemen that's all we got for this episode of two black nerds thank you again for tuning into another podcast we are officially down and now we will of course be back next week to talk about episode four of marvel studios moon Knight. so all of the events and things that occur in that episode we'll be back here next thursday to break that stuff down but before next thursday we'll be back with our regular episode this coming tuesday because we got to talk about fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore the latest movie in the Wizarding World franchise, it's been very interesting getting to that road and all of the, the developments with that film. So, so it should be interesting to see how it all turns out. So we'll be back on Tuesday to review that, and then we'll be back here next Thursday to talk about Episode Four, Moon Knight. So until then, keep it locked with Two Black Nerds. Man, y'all look up what's going on with Ezra Miller. I told y'all, man. With that being said, y'all, we are Audi Five Thousand. This is the year twenty two Black Nerds, and remember, always bet on black. Appreciate y'all, love y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Black Nerds, where we're too black, too nerdy, and we out, y'all. Peace.